Welcome back. We are now starting season two of How I Met My Mom, the podcast. And today we have a very special guest. My lovely daughter, Jenny's wife, Stephanie. Hi. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast, Steph. So a little bit of background on us. We've been... Together, what probably this fall would be or next month wow in September like 10 years nine I think nine years we don't even remember <laughs> can't can't and married uh five in June was our anniversary so for a little bit um so we met at work we're friends and then eventually started dating um what do you remember me initially telling you about being adopted or do you know did you know before we started dating or after or when did you kind of find out so I think I found out before we had started dating because we would eat lunch together a lot and talk about just like your life and your siblings and your parents and I remember you telling me you had a Korean brother and I thought like oh was he adopted and then you revealed that you were all adopted except for your youngest brother who is your parents biological children um and so that's that's when I first remember, and then after that, it was just kind of normalized. Yeah, so you didn't think it was any different dating somebody who had been adopted? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, and I thought it was really insightful that you've known your whole life. Like, I think that was the... I don't know that I've known anybody else that's actually been adopted, but to hear that, like, you always knew you were adopted, it wasn't, like, dropped on you at 18, or, you know, you didn't uncover it in some weird way, that was, I think the best thing that anybody could do for their child. I found that to be fascinating, but it it wasn't weird to me. Also, it's, um, your parents look like you. So that was, I think because I've watched, I don't think so at all. Maybe because they're white and you're white. I don't know. But I guess I've watched movies and it's like the adopted kid is like the Asian kid or the other and you're not. So for me, I was like, ah, you like, nobody would think anything of it. I don't Um, think they would unless, I don't think anybody would have known my whole life growing up if we didn't have also my brother. Because then it, like, opened up a conversation, right? But, totally, totally. And, or if you didn't, like, mention it yourself. Again, like, I didn't... When I met you, you didn't have to tell me that you are that you were adopted or anything about your Korean brother, but you did, so... Yeah, because um, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah it's, it's your life. Uh, and there's nothing to be ashamed of, but... And so, when was the first time that I kind of... Talk to you about trying to find my biological parents or family or anything like that. Do you remember? Yeah, so I think it was pretty early on in our relationship. I think we were just talking about, um, obviously, your time in Iraq and in that you had this bunker that you were living in. I think you called it the barn um, that ended up burning down. And I remember you telling me that you had gotten the paperwork from the adoption agency to make yourself findable. Like they wouldn't give you the information unless both parties were open and so you had actually filled out the form to become or to send it in and to say that, like, I'm willing to be found. Um, and then you went away for like two weeks on like a, I don't know, like a trip or time off. And then you came back and the barn had burned down. And then, of course, you never read it. You're laughing like, like it's funny. No, it isn't kidding. funny. But it's, it's funny because if you it's know funny Jenny, now. like getting it's her to funny. do things is, is sometimes hard. And so the fact that you got like 99% of the way there and then the barn burned down, like blows my mind. And I, I was like, it's, I think it's, it's fate, right? Like, totally. I think everything happens for a reason. And when it's supposed to happen, it's just that was the first time I ever heard about it. And then. Yeah. Um, after that, I don't know that we had 
not that we didn't talk about it. I don't think it came up though, like an active search um, that was going to be happening. And uh, at my last job, I worked with somebody who actually his wife was adopted and got a private investigator that helped him find um, or help them find her biological family. And I was like enthralled by this. I felt like you had to have one. We had to get you one. Um, And I was like, we got to do this. I was like, this is going to be great. Like you were adopted in Texas, which at that point in time, we didn't realize it was an on one mother's home that you were adopted from. Not I. We thought that Kelly might live in Texas. Okay, yeah. and yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, I gotta find an investigator in Texas because if anybody doesn't know, these investigators are different by state because there's different state laws and they're specialized. Um, but nonetheless, you didn't seem like overly thrilled about my like budding inness, and so I kind of just like I think I backed off after that because I was really excited. Um, and sometimes I get wrapped up in things, but then I realize this isn't my journey. I'm just kind of like here to support what you want to do. So I, after that, we kind of just like, it, we let it go. Until... You're probably watching too much Kardashians where they're always hiring like the, the private investigators. You want it to be like Kim Kardashian <laughs> trying to hire a private investigator. I just thought that it was fantastic that there was somebody that that's what they did was like, I feel like it's a pretty gratifying job to be like, have somebody come to you to be like, all I want to do is find my biological family and they help bring people together. Like if you're going to be doing investigating and snoop duping like that's a pretty gratifying one to, at the, at, to have at the end people meeting the people that they've always wanted to meet. Yeah. Like, rather you know. than like somebody cheating on their spouse. Totally. Yeah. That's like yeah. devastating. Ripping apart families or bringing yeah. together families. Oh God, true. It yeah. is. So like, yes, that's how she's pawning it off. That's a good <laughs> <team>. <laughs> this is not a pawn. It's facts. Facts. So, yeah, so we didn't do that, yeah. and then, well, we kind of, I tried to, try, I think I tried, I think I, like, text the guy or called him, like, once or twice, because you gave me a number, and then I was like, yeah, yeah I don't really care, Um right. they weren't answering. So... You also looked on the website a couple times, the website of the place you were adopted from, and tried mm-hmm. to find information, and I remember it was, I like, printed it out again, and then I didn't send it. You didn't, but I just remember the site being, like, really old, and, like, not user-friendly, and I don't mm-hmm. know. So then we, gosh, two years ago, because I just got served some Snap, Snapchat memories. Um, you're on our baby moon in Savannah. Yeah. Or Charleston, both. Um, we went to both places. And then we, I get an email, and it is Kelly's brother has made a connection on one of the Ancestry sites or DNA. Um, what was that like initially to like hear that that was all kind of starting to happen? Um, I think we always knew, right? Like when we were talking about having our daughter, um, we knew that we wanted the sperm donor to be made up of the same kind of um, regional backgrounds that Jenny was. And because she was adopted, we had to do Ancestry and 23andMe. Um, We didn't have to do them both, but I think we just decided to do them both to see what the differences were in the systems or their techniques. And so we always knew that there would be a potential for you to find um, your biological family. And then we found Karen, your second cousin, who was like, super nice and super sweet but like we couldn't figure out how she was really associated with with which one of your biological parents like i think we knew it was on the paternal side but yeah she had pretty much narrowed it down to two which was the brothers mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so and it like fizzled out though after a while right like and after that i was like oh i just didn't ever think about how frequently people would be entering into the database and so after Karen and that kind of, I would say, didn't end up really in anything, I stopped thinking about it. And so when we were in Charleston or Savannah, whichever area we were in, and heard about it, I was like, 
fascinated. I was like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was like, all of this time. And they're, they're here. We found them. And, but then I remember, think, remember when he wrote you back and he was like, oh, no, my sister found her daughter already, so it can't be you. <laughs> and I was like, how is that possible? And then like, I started racking my brain. And I was just like, well, I can't like, be too emotional because then Jenny's going to get upset. So I was like, what's going emotional on? Emotional about what? What would you have got emotional about? I don't know, the disappointment. Yeah, totally. Oh, I wasn't even disappointed. I just thought, like, this man obviously, I mean, this this man's obviously not very close with his sister. (laughs) (laughs) I was was literally like, I'm going to give him a couple days. Yeah. (laughs) I remember you you saying that. You're like, I just hope I'm not, like, uncovering something that shouldn't be uncovered. Oh, God, Um, I never thought about that. Yeah, and I remember you saying that and thinking, like, oh, yeah, like, is there there somebody else that had a child that, like, the family just didn't know about? Yeah, wow, I never even thought about that. That was definitely, like, one of the the pieces that is actually a scenario that happens though all the time because a lot of families don't know right or like it doesn't have to be something that's like as openly like spoken about so i was like oh i didn't even think about that and then i remember you being like i don't want to cause any drama but then you know luckily bill wrote back a couple days later and was like oh yeah no no no, it's definitely you she hasn't met you yet (laughs) (laughs) i definitely was just laughing i was like this is fantastic and i like not in a sexist way or anything i was like typical man can't keep shit straight but like it was just really funny and so i was like super excited and then i think you like pretty like quickly after that you got kelly's email mm-hmm. and cell phone number and you guys emailed i think a couple times and yeah. then we started texting and it was just it was exciting i think it was exciting for me to see how happy it made you because mm-hmm. that was like a big part like uh, you would always check with me every once in a while and be like, am I texting too much? Is this too much? But it was like, it was like a new relationship. It was like an yeah. infatuation and I loved it. Definitely. Like it doesn't bother me. Which is I'm so not... weird to me that you weren't bothered because I think if I was you, I'd be like, mm. what is I don't know. I'm worried, worried about that with Bruce too. It's like, here I am like madly scribbling in a corner and laughing to myself and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah it's like I have another lover. Like, right yeah. Now. It's... And you were pregnant and yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'd say to a degree, like just... <laughs> checked out like oh totally which is fine though like i think uh i just don't think most pregnant women would take it like that i think they'd be like well i pay attention to me no god i can't care about that but like i think it's such an exciting (laughs) this is why i don't have the babies (laughs) (laughs) it's such an exciting time right to be like there's this thing that you've always kind of wanted and now you've found that person and to be able to have the opportunity to build that relationship like you're trying to catch up for 30 whatever years of your life at that point like I can't not not understand that and again I think just like the happiness like you were happy you were like genuinely happy there on your little phone like typing away like I'm sure I found a show to watch don't worry (laughs) (laughs) then I decided you know I wanted to go meet Kelly what did you think about all that were you I mean, that was a couple months after we'd been talking. Yeah. And so it had been a couple months. And at that point, I was too pregnant to fly. So initially, I think my gut instinct was, I want to go. But, you know, this is me. Oh, like, you totally pawned it off like, oh, this is your thing to do. No, because own. I think after I had thought about <laughs> it, I was like, I was like, oh, well, it probably works out really well that I can't go because I can't fly because I'm too pregnant. And also, the first meeting with Kelly should probably be just you by yourself. Again, I think my gut, I'm telling you my gut instinct and then what I ended up deciding on. So my gut instinct was, I want to go. But then as like, I had some time to actually think about it and, you know, Mm -hmm. try to act like a grown up. 
I realized it's probably not my place to go at that point in time. And it's probably better for you guys to just be able to enjoy that initial meeting yourselves. Um, I think overall, because you had been texting her so for so long and like really building that foundation, I wasn't really worried anymore. But I think my initial worry was like, is this lady going to be normal? Is she going to be a crazy? Like, is like, is Jenny going to be disappointed? Like, so like those were things that I worried about for you, really. Anything um, you could think about somebody you don't know on either way. Uh, totally, yeah, you don't totally. know this person is a total stranger to you. They're <clears throat> DNA related, but you don't know if they're crazy town on that side or. Totally, or like what your background was or what could have happened or like, I, there's right. just tons of, and I think it's equally the same that like, Jenny equally could be crazy, but like, I know that yeah, she's not because I mean. like, she's my significant, significant other, but like. You know that yeah. enough? Yeah, for the most part. Or I know that you are to what extent. But anyways. You're controllable crazy. Exactly. I got this. Um, but yeah, so like I think those were things that I was like worried about. But because you guys had been talking for so long, yeah. I was like, you're a pretty decent judge of character and you would have found somebody's crazy by now, right? Like I think when you have enough conversations with people, their responses or like just mm-hmm. talking about day-to-day life, you can start to pick like, uh, they're a little weird. Yeah, but do you remember? So I just remember one night I went out when you were pregnant. I didn't get very many kitchen passes, like two in nine months. So I went out with a friend and I was like at the bar with her like till two o'clock in the morning, like drinking. And because you do that in Vegas, you just do that and like watch sports and play video <laughs> poker. I don't know. Don't judge me. Anyway, so we were doing that. And then I, I was like telling her I was all excited, you know, and I was going to go meet Kelly. And she was like. Mm, are you sure? And it was really making me like second guess myself. Oh, Do you remember this? And then I come home, she drives me home, and then I was like crying, like, Do you think I'm like reading this wrong? It's like dating someone and you think you know that they like yeah. you too and that they're normal, and then maybe they don't, and you're the one who didn't see it. Like, so I was having There's this a lot moment. Of mystery surrounding that no, that yeah. really is until you meet just face to face like that. Totally. And I don't think that you guys had a ton of like phone conversations, right? A lot of it was like text message conversations. Mm-hmm. And yes, until you meet somebody in person and spend like a like, legitimate amount of time with them, it's really hard to understand um, yeah, if it's somebody that you can get along with or mm-hmm. having your life on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and I think, I do remember you being um, a little bit emotional about that. Uh, again, I was pregnant, so I think not being drunk, I was unsympathetic <laughs> in a sense. Because I was like, number one, you're drunk. Number two, your friend is drunk. Number three, your friend is your friend. And like, I kind of know like, or like, she's also a little crazy, great person, a little crazy. So I was like, I had zero qualms about it and that wasn't my worry. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's always something that's going through everybody's mind. Right. Is this going to end up well? Uh, and so, yeah, I think it was October that you ended up flying out here to mm-hmm. meet yeah. Kelly for the first time. And so once you got here, you're like, oh, they're really great. Like we had so much fun. We just hang out and drink. We just, we like, there was like, I remember you telling me about Bruce, chased out or you're like kelly's husband bruce is hilarious she's like he's like a man's man and he chased down this raccoon on the porch and i was like i just remember hearing these stories and i was really happy because i was like this could have gone a hundred ways and it has gone like the best possible way and i don't know i think it's just like karmic right like i think you put a lot of good things into the world and in the end of the day like you hope that that good energy will come back to you and it just has and so i think when you talk about timing i think this was the timing that was meant to be because you know your you know adoptive mom was ill and passing 
And so I think you guys meeting was just like, it was very serendipitous to me. Well, then she was becoming a mom. So it was like a, oh, a tsunami. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. it was a tsunami. It was with a tsunami. I love <laughs> it. a lot of mom energy there. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. But no, it's totally true. So I think that's, I was excited that you were coming to meet her. I was overly elated that it ended up going really well and then i needed to meet her of course which is why we ended up planning the trip for you guys to come out in november because i am you know i have to be involved you do (laughs) how could you not i know i like to be up in the biz oh yeah also um and we wanted to meet your sisters so well i hadn't met either of them but you had only met ali so Mm -hmm. it was a good time to meet tia so i think around was it before or after thanksgiving it was uh, christmas like the it was like the week 16th? before christmas <laughs> okay yeah. so it was december so i like it how you're was... like hey tia you have to fly out to las vegas <laughs> you know like i was no, so kelly. i knew it would be kelly did that uh, oh, i didn't have a problem with that yeah, yeah she wanted like, to meet you she was excited that's good yeah i feel like it was good i think i was actually more worried about them than anybody else because you had already met kelly and bruce mm. and i knew that you and kelly had a connection right because that's like and it's I talked to her very all the time, exciting very it, you talked to her all the time and I was like, God, I hope these girls are on board when they're here. I hope they don't think we're weird. Like, I don't know. And I was just like, I was like, that was my biggest worry. And I was like, I can't, you guys will be fine. I was like, we have these other two people we got to worry about. Like, I want to make sure they're comfortable and they're okay. But anyways, it all ended up working out great. Allie's a baby whisperer. She held Jordan all the time. Mm-hmm. Evan. Um, and then Tia's just like, I feel like you're the most similar to Tia. I think you and Tia, like your personality is yeah, they just, like, really jive to me. Like, you guys both kind of have the same sense of humor. I think you like the same things. And so once I, like, we were driving somewhere, and I, like, to dinner or something, and I just got to talk to Tia, and I was like, oh, she's like a Jenny. It's perfect. So. That's funny. <laughs> I knew that it would be an uh, easy fit. So what do you think about Kelly now? That you I love her? Kelly. It's so funny because You don't have I'm... to say that just because she's right in front of your face. <laughs> no, I... I'm just kidding. I guess I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I love Kelly. So the funny thing I was thinking about it the other day is that... We have now known each other for almost two years. Yeah. And I feel like you've been in our life forever. Like, to yeah. me, there isn't, like, a, a beat that was missed or anything like that. I don't know. Like, I just love it. It's I pretty, love it's pretty seamless. It is. And it's pretty easy. It, to the fact I was going to put for my new uh, wallpaper on my phone a picture of Stephanie being really happy about <laughs> this plant she was growing. Wait, you're going to put Stephanie on your phone? Thank I you. I need a wallpaper and it's the best picture of her. See, this is the part, this is the part that I don't like. He, my dad also calls Stephanie his daughter. And, like, she calls him dad. And, like, I swear he likes Stephanie more. So don't try to get any ideas about, like... Jenny's that. insecure about her inferiority for people liking me better than her. Just She's very likable. But I'm also saying. way funner and... You are funny. way funner. And you're way funnier. <laughs> it's like a good balance with us, right? <laughs> Sweet and salty. <laughs> Sweet and salty? Okay. Um, so let's talk about the dinner. Oh, yeah. We recently had um, the dinner with my dad and his new wife, Deb. Yes. Because they came to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was before we went on a really long camping trip with him in the freezing Oof. cold in the mountains. But, I mean, it was good time spent. Um, so they came up to visit. And the day they arrived here, or the next day, the day they arrived. Yeah. The day they arrived. Yeah. Um, we came over for dinner. So you want to talk about how the dinner had gone? Because we were kind of like, you know, excited about it, waiting for it, anticipating. Yeah, we, like, just to recap, I had sent him like a gift of a geode, and Deb's kind of on the same vibration as me. She likes rocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they came, and I thought that 
how would I say that? He came out of the, the vehicle and he came up and he gave me a big hug. And it was like, hi, it's so nice to see you. Yeah. So we go in the house and Deb goes in the house with us. And she's talking to my daughter, Allie, for like 20 minutes. You know, they're really getting to know each other. And my husband, Bruce, is like, oh, it's so nice to see you again. And we're visiting for hours out in the backyard. And mm-hmm. just socializing. And Deb brought you a rock, too. Deb brought me you. a rock because... Because you had gotten one for them. one to her for, <laughs> for their wedding. wedding. Yep. Yeah, so we had a good dinner. You guys made a good dinner and just had a good time hanging out. And then, you know, Jordan kind of had to go home because she has to go to bed by a certain time or else she's going to just be crazy. So yeah. we went home and then the next day I went. My dad and his um, wife were still at our house because we were going to leave and go camping the next day, I think. Um, so I went that day to go pick up some lunch, so I was out of the house, and you, Stephanie, were there with my dad and Deb, and yeah. what, what happened? <laughs> um, so I've been back up a little bit, just to, like, remind everybody if this hasn't been said, or if it has, that Kelly and Bruce and Allie came out to, or Tia, came out to the house when we still lived in Vegas for Easter, right. and that Easter, we actually had... Um, Jenny's dad, her two of her brothers over, and it was like maybe three days after her mom had actually passed. Um, but we ended up having Easter at our house, and that is when Kelly first met Bill, and that's when Bill first met Bruce, mm-hmm. and everybody like kind of got to know each other. So there was this, on top of the fact that there had been multiple occasions where Jenny had mentioned she was going out to see Kelly, or Kelly we, had sent him an email. Kelly had sent him an email. There was lots of interactions that had happened. Um, prior to this particular meeting but I think at this point it just felt like a good time for for everybody to meet again right and I think Kelly you're more than hospitable and you're very kind and so um so yeah anyways I thought the dinner went great I thought everybody was really nice everybody um like everybody got along really well they all seemed genuinely interested in what was going on with the other party totally it wasn't forced conversation there wasn't those awkward silences where you're like uh, like uh, like getting uncomfortable because I'm like the queen of uncomfortable and I didn't feel any of that so <laughs> I it was really it was really good time like it was just fun and it was mm-hmm. nice and easy and so the next day well like Jenny said she was going um she went to go pick up lunch for everybody and we were at the house and I'm like in the kitchen doing whatever and Jenny's dad is on the stairs putting on shoes and Deb is in the kitchen Deb is his new wife um and she's in the kitchen and she asks me she's like so so how exactly do you know the people that we had dinner with yesterday? And I look, I look around, like I look at Bill to see his face and he's looking at me like he has no clue. See if he sees this craziness. If he feels like it's awkward, but he did not feel like it was awkward at all. So then I just look at Deb and I'm like, that's Jenny's biological mom or Kelly's Jenny's biological mom. And Allie, who was here, was, I was like, that's Jenny's half-sister. I was like, her other half-sister is the one that lives in New Orleans that goes to med school. And she was like, I had no idea. That makes so much more sense now. And I was like, who did you think they were? And she was like, I just thought you had us going over to like a friend's house or like co-workers like or something. <laughs> and I just, and then I look at Bill. With a 20-something year old daughter. Yeah, I, it was wild. And, we're, and I'm in my late 30s. The old people that she's relating to. Just, I can't. And so, yeah, it was, it was wild. But then I look over at Bill and I'm like, you met Kelly and Bruce at Easter. Like, they came to our house for Easter. And he was like, ah, yeah. He was like, 
Kelly didn't look familiar to me at all, but Bruce, I thought I might know his face from somewhere. And then I was like, you sat with Kelly for like hours at the table, like showing her childhood pictures of Jenny. And I, yeah. I was just like a little bit of taken back. And of course, like Deb, because she's like kind of emotionally intelligent pivots and is like, oh, so how did Jenny find her? And so I'm like, when we went to have Jordan, we did the DNA test and dad's like, oh yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, yeah, Dad, you do remember that because we've talked about this multiple times. And I'm like, anyways, I was like, when we were on our baby move down south, we found Kelly's uncle, and then her uncle connected her with Kelly. And he was like, oh, so how long have they known each other? And I was like, she's known her for almost two years now. Like, right before Jordan was born, we basically found her, like, Jenny found Kelly. And he was like, that's so great. Now, to Jenny's point, like, I've known Dad forever. He is amazing. I love this man. And so I can tell when he is like fake happy or real happy or disinterested. Like once it all set in for him, he was genuinely happy that Jenny had found Kelly. Now, the backstory here is that he, the communication was always really rough with him around this because I think Jenny tried to be overly like thoughtful of his feelings, didn't want him to feel like she was abandoning him or was choosing Kelly over him. Like she was always very thoughtful and his response was always very muted and very like not short. Like it was short and it was like he wasn't like he was disinterested in engaging in the conversation. And so for me to see him so happy I was like this was the response she's wanted from you the whole time is what I initially thought and I was just like you were just not there you weren't ready you weren't capable of having this feeling or like uh, taking this emotion and I don't know what it was but anyway so we continue to talk about like basically meeting them and knowing Kelly and they were like how often do you guys hang out and like when do you see them what do you guys do together like blah 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 like super interested in the overall relationship mm-hmm. and I think what ends up coming out is that because Jenny's mom had passed um a couple days before Easter Bill Jenny's dad was basically just like I think I was just blacked out like I just think that I was emotionally drained and I just don't remember that time. Like, I just don't remember that at all. And I I might be able to give you a pass on that because that is a pretty huge, like, life event. Mm -hmm. But there are just, like, why did these people send you a rock for your wedding? Like, (laughs) so many questions still come up with me. Let's go to the next part. So I come home. I come home with the lunch and I'm, like, in the kitchen putting on plates. And... I, what did it even bring up? Oh, because you walked in and you were like, oh, what is everybody talking about? And I was like, oh, they were just asking me who Kelly is. And I was letting them know that she's your biological mom. So I'm unpacking this food and I'm looking at them like they're like pure aliens, like in my house. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I have, I'm so confused. I don't know. Yeah. What do you mean you don't know? Like, we just, what? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even understand how they didn't, I just didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> Yeah, you had zero patience for it, I think, at that point to, like, even engage in a conversation because... It seemed absurd. It seemed crazy, given... Now, again, like, to back up a little bit, for, from Deb's perspective, I, I could totally understand how she wouldn't know. Now knowing how, I don't know, blinded Dad was to this whole situation. Which is Because funny he's never told her, right? right so which, she feels yeah. weird. We even tried to ask her to yeah, try to get information her. out of her about what he thought, and she... This is probably like a year ago. Well, this was when we were, we lived at their house before we moved to Denver while we were looking for jobs. And so Deb was over frequently. And so we, it was really easy to recognize that like his communication with her was the best out of anybody. Like 
Uh, this isn't an excuse, but I think that um, Jenny's mom was the the nurturer and the communicator with the children and all of those things. And so when she got ill and passed, it was very hard for Bill to like try to come into that place where he was, he tried very hard to step into that role where he was like, come to me, talk to me about life and things. But like, it just, you can tell it's not his forte. And so having Deb around was fantastic because you could tell that was something that she could do. Like she was very verbal, she was very articulate and she could get messages to him and out of him. And so when we were moving, we wanted to make sure again, because Jenny was trying to be overly considerate of his feelings that like, I hope you know, like, we're not moving to Denver just because Kelly's there. Like we've always wanted to live in Denver. We are not choosing her over you, like blah, blah, blah. And so we tried to talk to Deb about this when like you tried twice and I tried once and it was like a stone wall from her. Like, hey, like, you know, does dad have any feelings about us moving to Denver and Kelly being there? And like when you, I now recognize, like when I said your name, she just had no idea who the hell I was talking about. Yeah. Like it was clueless to her. And so again, I think now after having these weirdly awkward conversations with your dad, yeah. I realized that like he really was just not mentally in the place. Don't you to... think that's a coping mechanism also is denial. Like I'm totally. gonna deny this is happening. That wasn't the deal like thirty eight years ago. Like I was supposed to just disappear, you know, and like mm -hmm. why are we ever gonna talk about that woman again? You know? Yeah. No, so I that's think... part of his reality too. It's like, yeah, let's just not address this and it will Who go away. Who knows? All I know is it's just super annoying. <laughs> yeah, I think for you, it's really disappointing, right? Because you've kind of had to carry the brunt of like trying to manage his feelings and trying to take care of him. And like, I think that everybody has given him a lot of passes because the love of his life and his partner passed away. Exactly. So that's also your mother, right? Like right. That, that is the woman who like, who raised you, who took care of your boo-boos, who like, no, like I just you. think it's so, like, you can't listen to this thing that's been unfolding in my life for two years. That's important to me, but you're able to like, and build I have a, build a new relationship and get yeah. married. So should I be worried about that? Like, no, I think <laughs> I don't know. Like I, that's my honest, that is like a bitter, like nasty way of looking at it. And we do love Deb. She's great. But like, how are you able to have a whole new marriage and you can't even listen to something that i've mentioned to you 12 times i think it's fear provoking for him though i think that's exactly i think what you want to think it's denial uh, I, I think it's somewhere maybe in the middle of both your theories probably yeah i like genuinely just think that like when somebody is going through um an emotional toll like he was taking care of your mother for you know 10 years retiring early being having to be at home with that person that is like mentally exhausting. Yeah, I'm not and so, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. I think it was. I and so what? But my theory as to why he was able to build a relationship with Deb and not listen to you is because that relationship with Deb served him. Right. It did something for him. It gave him an outlet of people to speak to. Okay. It gave him like this may not be the answer anybody wants to hear. Right. Like you don't ever want to hear like oh, your no. parent has faults and can't care for you. And like also your time of need. But I think that's what it is. Right. Like he was in survival mode and Deb mm -hmm. helped him survive. Listening yeah. to you and your needs didn't help him survive. Right. Like, and no, I get it. But here's here's the fact. I'm done. Like, I know I'm done tiptoeing around like his feelings because he didn't care the whole time the whole time this was yeah. going on or he just wasn't listening or just wasn't concerned because yeah i think he like he wasn't listening because he couldn't be concerned about other emotions yeah. and feelings outside of what he was having to deal with because maybe he thought he would implode i think people feel like that mm -hmm. oh totally um, oh i totally agree but i'm just and saying like, from my perspective like as the child 
trying yeah. to manage their parents' emotions. I personally hope with time you will you will ease on him. But like I think right now it's still really fresh, and I think you're incredibly disappointed um, because you again went out of your way on multiple occasions to really try to cater to his feelings and to make sure that he was feeling respected and loved and okay. And so to kind of come after two years to hear like. You never once listened to anything I was saying about this thing that's really important to me is devastating, right? And so, like, you're angry now, and I get that, but I think you're also a very large person that, like, oh, I like, don't even think it's something to be to angry about. I think it's just like you're hurt. I'm and you're just upset. not. The kid gloves are off. Like, I'm just gonna tell you what it is, what we're doing. Like, it's not something to be hurting your feelings. Maybe it'll sink in. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk to him again. And I'll be like, Kelly, who? <laughs> like, I can't. Well, it's like I said, I will continue to invite them every time they're out here. And yeah. we'll continue not to have separate holidays for stuff because of people's feelings, you know? It's like... Totally. Like This, that this is, is just, the new normal. This well, is our new normal. I think it is our new normal. And I think for me, like just from my perspective, Jordan loves everybody. So Jordan's our daughter. She is amazing. And like she is lucky enough to have multiple grandparents, mm-hmm. right? Multiple aunts, multiple uncles. And so from my perspective, I want her to be able to like everybody has something different to give and I don't want to have to play choosies on like who she's going to spend time with because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings like she's a kid and she like everybody loves her so she should just be loved by everybody like we're all adults we could figure it out right like that's kind of my perspective on it so (laughs) Kelly she wants to hear your feelings on the amnesia Amnesia? she means Stephanie yeah I know like it's like I was saying I we had give, to call I give you him a pass you know no, I had to call you on the phone on speaker with it. stuff there to help explain it because I didn't even know how to explain it because it just seemed absurd yeah absurd but then I, I guess I just I can feel his feelings right like maybe he doesn't want to address this maybe this is just something he just doesn't want to address it wants to go away it's not like I, said, I think that you feel deal. like that as a birth mother, though. You automatically feel like, well, maybe he won't. You know, you're kind of leaning towards that rejection. I always, yeah. On, on the, on but the that's because that's, how it was. that's just how it was. You yeah. were like at the bottom of the rung, so. Totally. So that, I, I think that's the way I view it. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I always just give him mad props just for showing up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? you're like, I said the next day, I said, well, at least he liked us. <laughs> and he did. No, no. He did. And I think when he brought it up when I was unpacking the food, he was like genuinely interested. But I was just like, A, in shock. And then B, I was like, I can't do this again. I I cannot even believe that you're. And so then I didn't want to give him anything. I didn't even want to go into it with him because I was like, just, I'm just baffled. Yeah. So you can ask me. I'm not going to bring it up, Dad. Because <laughs> you won't. Right. I don't know. Maybe from my perspective, too, it's like I never really had a dad that has ever really asked me anything about my True. life ever. So, like, why yeah. would I think that would be different for somebody else in a different family? No, I, think you know, I don't think my father's ever called me on the phone. It's always something my mom had to do for him, you know? Yeah, yeah that is or crazy, like, yeah. and it's true. And I think it was more of, like, obviously, emotional relationship with my mom. But I think my dad was totally. an excellent dad. He was a great dad. I would, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I was, think he's awesome. I just think yeah. that, like, the communication is something that's, like, harder for him. It's yeah. not so natural. It's a little bit forced. Mm-hmm. So asking hard questions makes it even harder. So I guess to your point, I think when he was going through all of this and this emotional toll that he was in, maybe he did just want it to go away. Like he was like, I don't have have space to think about this right now because I'm going through so much of my own stuff. He was like, I can't. Yeah. The blocking it out. And I think that's why now when you see his happiness, it is genuine because he now has the space. He now has the space to be like, I'm okay with this. I'm fine. I just couldn't deal with you, you know, two years ago. 
Like, yeah. But instead of being like a grown up like the rest of us, I would have just been like, I am really happy for you, but I just like, I can't talk about this right now. But like, I think that for him would have been hard. No and, man of that generation would ever be able to have that statement come out of their mouth. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, just not how that I works. I think that's facts, right? No, it's just facts. it just doesn't work that way. Are yeah. we changing the name of this podcast to the Man Hate and Woman podcast? Like, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's just a difference so. in communication style, and, and it's been, yeah. always been a pass for older men not to be in touch with what's going on. I mean, I think yeah. the generational thing is totally changing. You know, even yeah, with my yeah, own right. husband, you know, no, and Bruce is even more. He's probably more emotional than I am. Yeah, Me yeah, too. yeah. I think that it is. Well, it's like it's evolving. <laughs> Because so you know he's just but like, no, he's totally in touch with his feelings. Yeah, that, that's a rarity it is. for it even is. people of that generation. Like, yeah, my brother, I don't think would be ever crying about anything. You know, like that was just a toughen up thing. You know, like don't right. don't show your emotions. And even Bruce's uh, own dad was saying like, you can't show your emotions. Like, boys don't kiss boys. Like him kissing his son was like something that wasn't done. You know, oh, don't show like... affection to your male children because they got to be tough. You're going to make them cold. Yeah. You're like, so <laughs> I got to make them cold. Easy off a little bit. Yeah, but it was. That was a no. goal of dads at that time was to make your sons cold and, and tough. Yeah. And I think, I think you're strange. totally right. I think there is like a full dynamic change or just like, you know, there's emotions aren't something to be scared of anymore or to be hidden. Yeah. I think they've been hidden, men and women, for years, yeah. right? Like if you're unhappy or if you're whatever, I, I think like men hide it. The, the worst burden, though, they can only be happy or yeah. mad. Yeah. They only get two emotions. <laughs> True. So disappointment falls under mad. Yeah. Sadness falls under mad. You know, you can only be one or two of those polar uh, ideas. It's hard. It is hard. Those poor guys. I know. <laughs> Speaking of guys, so I wanted to give an update on my birth father, Pat. So, gosh, and this probably happened like, what, two weeks ago, a week ago? I get a text from his wife. No, this is like a positive that she's actually texting me. So, it kind of looked like a message that she had sent to like a group text. And it ended up that he was in the hospital. Um, so he actually had to go to the hospital for, um, a pulmonary embolism. Pulmonary yeah, embolism. Yep. So he was very sick, I guess. I ended up texting him cause he had his, his phone in the hospital at one point and actually had it with him. And he said his wife kind of like had to give him CPR. He was turning blue. So like very dire situation. So he has actually been in the hospital for like the last, I don't know, week and a half. And he just got out like the last day or two ago. So what unfolded is during that time when I was texting him that one day, because he only had his phone on him the one day, um, we decided we were going to meet. So in the future episodes, you'll hear kind of what happens with that. Just wanted to say thanks for joining us on this episode, Stephanie. Of course, it was my pleasure. I really feel honored uh, to be able to be part of this project with you guys. It's been a pleasure to listen to it. Um, from its progression and so I'm very happy to have been able to be here today and contribute awesome and don't forget anyone who's listening you can follow us on Instagram at how I met my mom podcast and if you have questions or just comments you can send them to us at how I met my mom podcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening to How I Met My Mom, the podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast and the things that we talk about, please take a minute to go into the Apple Podcast app and rate our podcast because that helps other people who are searching for this content find it. 
talk to you soon.